I need you to know the name and the story of Damian Daniels. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. Today, I want you in some ways to do me a favor. I want you to remember a name. And I'm asking you to remember it because there are so many names, so many cases, so many stories of police violence and people being killed by police, choked to death, shot to death, murdered, that it's hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up just with this year's cases. But I need you to know the name and the story of Damien Daniels. I'm working directly with Damien's family, his mother, his brothers, who are all military veterans. The, the attorney for the family is civil rights attorney Lee Merritt, who is also my colleague at the Grassroots Law Project. And when the family of Damien Daniels contacted Lee, we immediately began understanding just how absolutely infuriating not only this case is, but the epidemic of United States military veterans who honorably serve this country, often in direct combat, who witnessed unspeakable horrors, who sometimes even participated in unspeakable horrors, like let's just lay it all out there only to come back to the United States and struggle to provide for themselves, struggle with their physical health because of air quality and environmental issues they encountered while serving in the military, struggling with their mental health. And over the past few days, as we have now been able to not only see the body camera footage and still videos of the murder of Damian Daniels, that footage has not yet been shared publicly, uh, a lot more has come to light. First, although Damien had started to really struggle with his mental health, uh, what we are coming to understand now is that this was his actual first mental health crisis that he had been experiencing. This man was a homeowner. Uh, who was a fully functioning member of society there in San Antonio. And his family, Damien's family, his mother and siblings and others, uh, who lived out of state, had been doing everything they could to get anybody other than the local police to go check on Damien and try to take him to the VA so that he could get the actual help and support that he needed. As you may know, particularly if any of you are related to military veterans, um, maybe you've heard these stories or you've seen or witnessed these stories. A military veteran, particularly one who has served in direct combat, has a set of challenges transitioning back to society that are unique to them, that require a certain skill set. Uh, a certain level of expertise and and understanding. And one of the first things that Lee, uh, Lee Merritt said when he traveled to San Antonio to be there with the family 
was how many veterans all over San Antonio just said, damn, I wish I was given a chance to go there and help this young man because had they gone, they understand how to approach veterans, how to interact with veterans, how to share their story of compassion and understanding. Uh, Many of them told Lee the first thing they would have done when they got there would have been to say to Damien, Damien, can I hold your gun while we have this interaction? Or Damien, can you put your gun away while we have this interaction? But police came there, and within two minutes of coming to Damien's house, not because he had broken the law, not because he had been violent with anybody, but because he needed to go to the hospital, end up shooting and killing this man. And Lee provided me with a handwritten note that Damien had written himself. In some ways, they are some of his last cogent words on the note that he had written himself. He says, don't let anybody hurt you. And he had gotten in his mind that if police were going to come to the house, that they were going to hurt him. And, and Damien's family believed that. They literally called multiple social service agencies, even just scrambled and called the local Red Cross and said, are you an organization that can go check on my son? Because we are afraid that if the police show up, that he'll be killed. And the police showed up and they killed him. It was Damien's fear. It was his mother and brother's fear, and it damn sure happened. We're talking about not only the need for there to be another number for people to call other than 911 when there's a mental health crisis, and we've talked here on The Breakdown about programs like Cahoots and Oregon, but we're saying that even veterans need another number. 911 has failed people all over the country. It is failing. It is the 911 system is failing. It's not modern. It's not robust. It needs to be completely overhauled from top to bottom. And in the absence of that happening, we have to create alternatives. The family of Damien Daniels should have been able to call a number meant just for veterans. They deserve that. They have earned that option. Ideally, you would call 911 and they would ask you, is this a veteran? Yes. Is this a veteran with mental health concerns? Yes. And that call should then be routed somewhere differently, period, point blank. But in the absence of that happening and change is so slow in this country, Sometimes we literally just have to create our own hotlines, our own numbers, our own systems, because what we have right now is a complete failure. I'm down to help create that system. I hope you're down to help create it as well. We need it. I think we can build it. We already have some ideas for how it could work, and uh, I want us to build this together. Damien Daniels should be alive right now. We should not know his image. We should not know his name. 
He should be living in his home in San Antonio or receiving some acute care, some medicine and treatment and counseling for his mental health concerns. Instead, his family is preparing his funeral. This country is exhausting. It's doubly exhausting for black people. And you've heard me say this before. There's no single demographic in this country that is more likely to be killed by police than someone who is young, black, and struggling with mental illness. Add a veteran on top of that, Damian Daniels didn't stand a chance. Just Google black veterans killed by police. I just did it. You can go back generations to see the veterans who serve this country who've been killed by police. And Damian Daniels is just the latest. And we just learned that this is the second veteran killed by the officer who killed Damian Daniels. Like, what what are we doing? I'm not saying that the life of a a veteran is worth more than the life of a non-veteran. But I'm saying somebody who put that work in, they deserve better. They just do. Period, point blank, dot com. They sacrifice too much. And listen, I am anti-war and anti-American imperialism. But at the point in which somebody goes and serves this country, they deserve more than that when they get back. Just period. They deserve more than that. I want you to know this name, know this story, and let's plan on building some solutions together. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Hey, it's Nikki and Maria Elena, hosts of the North Star's newest podcast, America the Voiceless, a podcast that's about the right to vote and the fight to vote. We believe that all Americans have a voice, but far too many Americans hit roadblocks when it comes to casting their votes. In America the Voiceless, we hear from lawmakers, historians, activists, and everyday people as we unpack the barriers some Americans have to overcome to make sure their voices are heard during the voting process. You can listen to a new episode of America the Voiceless every Thursday this fall. All episodes are available on thenorthstar.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. America the Voiceless.